0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, LLC. <sighs> oh, wow. Joining me, Riley. Kahona. FCC around and find out. <laughs> I'm substituting FCC for a cuss word because I can't say that on the air.
1: FCC around and find out truckers warn
0: loads to New York City will be rejected starting Monday
1: how long is this protest going to go on is the article going to say
0: i i don't recall if it's if it has a timing and i think like this article kind of makes it sound like it might still be slightly disorganized you know what I mean, or or at least they're still looking for more truckers to jump on. Like the truckers have been networking; yeah. they've been trying to get truckers to like, you know, hey, do you support this? Okay, yeah. well then let's not go to New York City. Don't take any any jobs, any trips to to New York City for this protest. But um, and again, I just found out ab- about this today. It's been trending apparently on uh, the thing formerly known as Twitter. Yep, um, that's just boycott New York. Uh, and so if you, they, they show you some trends, like Google search trends for boycott, yeah. trucker boycott, boycott New York. Uh, and you can see that it started out, you know, uh, uh, you know, very low and then it's mm-hmm. increased over, over the period of time. Uh, and so it looks like, and this chart doesn't really it's, give me much numerically to tell you like but, how but many yeah, I mean, people.
2: The scale though, I mean, it's really exploded in the last, I don't know, few days, week. That's uh, what it looks like. like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like from what you're telling me, it's a popular, it's getting more and more popular. But you know, the, the Canadian trucker protest is really quite popular. But the American one, that was a flop. This was a horrible yeah, flop. It, they were, it did kind of glad handing it, politicians. It's just so stupid. I mean, it's kind of
2: ironic, you know, land of the free, home of the brave, and you, you'd think that they would sort of. You know, if, if, you know with, throw faces on cause the White House is, lawn or the, the, something yeah, like the that, this, but no, the they, written, they, they were just glad-handing yeah.
1: politicians. Yep, like, they're, exactly. oh, you're, you're, you're best friends, politicians. Come, we'll, we'll be your best friends. We'll t- no, it's <laughs> stupid. Don't be best friends with these, these <laughs> psychopaths. This
0: is a trick that politicians uh, play on the people frequently. And I, I actually blame it on the people themselves. Why do I say that? Well, let me explain. There's this thing that people have when it comes to, you know, um, movie stars, rock stars, television stars, mm-hmm. right? This this brush with fame, right? Yeah. This oh, yeah. this oh, I got to meet so and so, right? They get uh, they get starstruck, they get enamored, they get uh, I don't know what the right you know fanboy right? or whatever the the term is, um, they become enamored, and so that's how the former U.S. trucker protest fizzled because mm-hmm. all of a sudden the people who were I don't want to say in charge but like the the popular people the the leaders if you will uh, of the trucker protest were you know invited by politicians mm-hmm. to hey come you know let's sit down let's you know oh yeah you're on TV with me look shake my hand everybody's going to take your photo right that kind of a thing they 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 killed them with this star truck starstruck uh, you know brush with fame kind of thing like, oh, we've really made an impact. We've gotten the attention of of the politicians. And so now, you know, they shook our hand and we got photos taken of them. And so now, I, I guess the protest isn't very important. That's what it felt yeah, like to
2: me anyway. Exactly.
0: Yep. So this is new, though. This is supposedly going to start Monday, which is weird because Monday is a bank holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, I think, President's Day. Or something
1: like that, when, yeah. yeah When I
2: first read the read the headline... I thought the rejection was going to happen on the receiving end. I I was like, how are they going to do that? But I guess what it means is they're going to uh, sort of reject taking a a load or a shipment to New York City.
0: Right, yeah. So if you're a trucker, uh, well, we'll just start into the article here. It says, uh, this is an interview with a guy. It says, I'm a trucker, and I stand with the boycott. Time to show the corrupt we run this country, not them, one ex-user said. And then there's a picture of a guy named Patrick. He sent out a tweet uh that says uh oh exactly that that was from him uh and he's got you know three and a half thousand likes by the time they posted this this picture in the article besides new york city truckers on x also call for drivers to
2: boycott liberal cities um Hmm. like i mean pick one right i mean new york city would be definitely one of them yeah
1: los angeles would be another san francisco chicago chicago yeah Uh, Seattle, uh your former home captain. I mean, these these leftist liberal cities always have problems with people who think that government is going to be the solution. It never is. It never is the solution. So, you know, I can understand the displeasure that these people must feel. But really, this could be... I'm trying to think differently here on this, but this could also backfire on them because, you know, these truckers are going to disrupt flows to liberal cities but yet the liberals and maybe the companies hiring them the truckers might think you're fired now might say now that you're fu- now you protested you're fired uh,
0: mm-hmm. that that is a risk with well any kind of activism right uh, even just like mm-hmm. doing this radio show right. for example mm-hmm. you know uh we take a risk of of that kind of a thing just by speaking into a microphone which oh, yeah. shouldn't happen in the land of the free this should not be a risk. No employer should consider my employment, uh, yes or no, based on the fact that I host this radio show.
2: This is a good test for preppers. I mean, you know, I think if, if to the extent the system's stress and this does happen, you can see how prepared you are.
0: Yeah, yeah if you're in NYC, oh, man. <laughs>
1: And right now, I'm not a very good prepper. I've moved twice already, so I've, I've got to get my preps going. Yeah, well, you're just
0: that just means you're more prepped to move again. <laughs> You've got lots right. of experience yep, now. Yeah,
1: I've got lots of experience. I know how to move at least. That's right. <laughs> and my and most of my stuff's all not most of it, but half of it is still in boxes. So you know, uh, Well, just, you're,
0: you're halfway <laughs> there. Yeah, I'm yeah. halfway there, man. I'm ready,
1: <laughs> I'm ready to move if I have to. <laughs> Utah, here I come! Yeah. Just kidding. I'm not going back to Utah, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, w- I love my family, and I, I'd love to be there again, but, you know, here here I want to make home. And
0: I, I really like the idea that, um, uh, you know, my history is one where I have, you know, multiple sets of parents, foster parents, uh, step parents, all that kind of stuff, so... I really like the idea of choosing your own family. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh and uh, you know, hopefully that idea catches on because we live in a time now where you can choose your tribe. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah, you're, you're not confined to like, oh well I was born in this city mm-hmm. and you or, know, or, I really know. I was raised in this church, I have to stay in this church. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, or oh my dad's heard of this business, so I gotta like run my dad's business when he dies or whatever, you know. Like those things aren't bad, like if those are things you choose to do. Sure. But you also have the ability to choose the people that you associate mm-hmm. with, yep. you know, and choosing your own tribe has a whole lot of power, in my opinion. Okay. At any rate, so that was uh, 24 hours, right? Uh, delivery, medical supplies, hospitals, going to run out of basic stuff. Gas prices are going to go up or they're going to run out. Um, this this bit about the just-in-time manufacturing, if you don't know what that is, that's sort of like on-demand mm-hmm. manufacturing, Right, it doesn't yeah. get made until you order it. It's like yeah, nobody wants to hold inventory anymore. Right, and so that to me is the most susceptible. Right, mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so between two to three days, if should this protest last two to three days, uh, food shortages will escalate, especially in the face of hoarding and consumer panic. Dare I ask if the toilet paper <laughs> run will,
1: will resurrect itself? Ew, and gallons. hand sanitizer. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember that. I'm hearing about that. Better, and,
2: and, and make sure you go and, and stock up with like 86 gallons of milk, even though you have no place to put them. <laughs> in, uh, Some people
1: are so silly.
0: In Seattle, Washington, whenever they have a, a call for snow yeah right uh, everybody treats it like it's the end of the world right they, they run they buy out all the bread all the milk yeah. all the bottled water yeah. yeah all that kind of stuff and then it snows and it melts like the next day <laughs> and like nothing happened and now people have all this extra stuff yeah mm-hmm. you know and they don't like manage it in such a way that they have it for the next time they call for snow of course they'll, not. they'll go through it and consume it and then yeah. the next time they call for snow the next year probably mm-hmm. uh they'll just repeat the process exactly because we learn from the past that people seldom learn from the past. <laughs> Pretty much.
1: I mean, people don't pay attention to what our ancestors did, so they forget about it. They just think, oh, I don't need that anymore. We have technology. Well, one day you're gonna, your, your technology is going to absolutely fail on you, and you've got to do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs>
0: All right, so two to three days, food shortages will escalate, especially in the face of hoarding and consumer panic. Supplies of essentials, such as bottled water, powdered milk, canned meat at major retailers, will disappear. ATMs will run out of cash, and banks will be unable to process transactions. Now we're getting to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, service stations will completely run out of fuel for autos and trucks. Garbage will start piling up in urban and suburban areas. Container ships mm-hmm. will sit idle in ports, and rail transport will be disrupted. Eventually, coming to a standstill. So that's they're predicting that in mm-hmm. you know within three days. Yeah. Um. Like we saw. And I don't know. Did it ever get resolved? I remember we reported on you know ships sort of clogging up in California, waiting in queue to get to port because they didn't have enough people to offload the goods. Mm-hmm.
2: I
1: have no idea. I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know. That was like I mean on. that was
2: sitting out there like maybe two was, or th- two during, or three years ago. Yeah, during, during the yeah. COVID stuff, during yeah. the yeah. COVID era.
0: And so they tried to reroute some of those ships down to, like, Florida, and Florida themselves was like, hey, we're open. Hey, over here, we've got a bunch of people that'll Mm -hmm. work, and we'll offload this stuff. Send your ships our way. So I don't know whatever became of that, but it seemed like a good idea. Some American truckers appear to be adopting strategies similar to those used by European farmers in their fight against progressive elites aiming to shut down their farms. Truck drivers transport between 70 and 73% of all freight in the United States. That's pretty high. Although, like, what other method is there, right? You know, train, right? Rail Rail is absolutely inefficient. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Therefore, when truckers begin discussing plans on social media to boycott loads to progressive hellhole New York City, it's important to pay attention. Another Twitter user, Chicago One Ray, who appears to be a Midwest truck driver, shared a video late Friday night detailing the number of truck drivers who will begin denying loads to New York City on Monday. I don't know how far across the country this is or how many truckers are going to start denying loads to New York City, but I'll tell you, you FCC around and find out. And I, of course, substituted FCC for a bad word. Yep. Uh, he continued, We're tired of mother FCCing leftists. FCCing with our Trump, okay? These FCCers start to get tired of this S. Our bosses aren't going to care if we deny loads. We'll go somewhere else. Oh, oh,
2: oh they'll care. I mean, let's face it. Uh, bosses are running businesses. They need to uh, bring revenue in. Presumably, go a profit. So they care. I mean they they're not just going to sit there and say, "Yeah, man, do whatever you want." Well, he goes on to say, "You know how hard it is to get in and out of New York City?" And like
0: for a semi-truck, like I I had the mm, I don't want to say privilege. I had the adventure <laughs> 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 of, of driving to to New York City for the uh the Talkers magazine convention yep. uh where they presented Ian Freeman, the founder of the show. With the prestigious Freedom of Speech Award, mm. won by uh, other radio like Rush people, Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh, yeah. you know people uh, like him. Howard Stern, yeah. uh, those kinds of people have been presented this. So, of course, Ian was in jail at the time, and so uh, Mark was attending. Uh, he needed somebody to go. He's like, "Hey, yep. can you meet me in New York?" I'm like, "Sure." Yep. So, I, so I drove down, mm. and phew, what an adventure! <laughs> wow, like. Fortunately, I have experience driving in big cities, and so yep. you know I, I have my wits about me, and I have some technique uh, when it when it comes to driving in big cities. But man, I never want to go there again driving.
2: No, if yeah, I it's... ever go
0: again, I am going to fly in and I am going to Uber wherever I go.
1: Yeah, that's probably <laughs> a smarter thing to do. I mean, I visited New York yeah. once in twenty eighteen, and that's what I but, did.
2: But you know, some of the some of the I, I kind of play this out. So logistics, right? So what things are they going to boycott all shipments and? you know to down to the point of boycotting say delivery of fuel which they need to get back to wherever they came from right eventually so um so are they just going to focus on cities is it going to be liberal states too like say new jersey
0: what i haven't heard i
2: don't know i mean there's logistics here seem kind of complicated and what i haven't heard here is like usually
0: with these kinds of things there's an end end goal
2: Right. Yeah. Like, hey, we're doing this protest until
0: yeah. you know uh, our brother is released from prison, or until X, it, whatever that right, is. Yeah. Right. There's right. some end yeah. goal, something right. they want. Yeah. This
1: just seems like a an angry act reaction toward the way their their favorite, you know, politically hero has been treated. Yeah. And you know, like you said, Kahuna, there doesn't seem to be <laughs> an end goal in mind. And what the heck? It makes yeah. no
2: sense. Yeah. I mean, are they gonna? Do they <laughs> think that? Okay, so they let's 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 play this out perfectly. Um, they start to shut down all the things that you already named, and what is the judge going to have second thoughts and say? You know what, I man, I should not have slapped that three hundred and fifty-five million dollars yeah. fine. Those truckers, those on truckers Trump. really showed yeah, me that the, I, I was I, in the I, wrong. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse <laughs> that, and uh,
1: it's not gonna happen. It, that's not gonna happen. The judges are so corrupt; they don't care, and. You know, the reality is this is going to do absolutely nothing but upset people if it has Mm -hmm. any teeth. And I don't think this is going to have teeth. But like Captain said, we're going to find out.
0: So this guy posted a video to, uh, is it a TikTok video that was reposted on X, it looks like. I'm not going to play it because we're a radio show, not a video show. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it says by Saturday morning, the video had amassed nearly 3 million views. And this comes after a New York judge Uh, handed former President Trump a penalty of $355 million plus interest in his civil fraud case. Uh, Here's what other Twitter users are saying about the potential trucker boycott. If truckers start denying loath to certain regime-controlled cities, it's going to get spicy. Uh, Boycott New York! Exclamation mark from another one. Uh, God bless our truckers. The people need to show their power. Mm -hmm. Enough. Bud Light for New York it is. This from the New York Post. Now, um, uh, before I read the headline, uh, like, for what it's worth, what these people are doing, I'm all for. Yes. Uh, uh, And I've talked about something similar to what we're about to talk about previously, and I'll tie that in, if I remember, (laughs) as we go through the article. Uh, The headline reads, weird but true. We use our recycled poop to cook food in our tiny off-grid shed. Yummy.
1: That's a good way to use your your poop is to cook food. I mean, it's like you've said, Captain, it's a good resource to make eats. You've got to have a can-do attitude.
0: (laughs) The do is italicized in the article, D-O-O, when choosing to live off-grid. Heating up a meal in the microwave or oven isn't always feasible for nonconformists who prefer surviving on nature's bounty. To spending thousands on traditional appliances in an inflated economy, yeah, it, the inflated economy is what's driving people to live mm. m- less conformist-like. Yeah, right. Well, uh, there there are certain libertarians who like, you know, they're like, hey, this is the way we we decentralize all of the things. We de- de- yeah. decentralize produce. We de- mm-hmm. decentralize our meat production. Right. So so now we've got food. Right. Because those are the the main things. Right. You got some land. Yep. You got some food. Okay. Everything else is kind of negotiable. Right, you got something to trade with, right? You find partners to trade, mm-hmm. and like you know, human beings got by doing that for mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, so at any rate, these uh, solitary sweeties are letting all their food go to waste—pun uh, intended. <laughs> we turn our poops into cooking gas, boasted cabin shed dweller John, digitally referred to at beloved cabin by a TikTok viewership of more than one hundred and fifty-seven thousand. Wow. Uh, Just because uh, I have one, this guy has a pretty impressive beard as well. (laughs) What's for dinner? It smells great. (laughs) Uh, The title of his TikTok video, apparently, Mr. Grumpy's Thoughts on Turning Poop into Cooking Gas. Uh, So, per his many commode confessionals. These guys are hilarious. They the Doo Doo <laughs> DIYer, alongside with his wife Finn, sanitarily harvests their excrement, excrement via a cost and eco-friendly apparatus known as the Home Biogas Digester. Hmm. This is a product, uh, and I'll, I'll try to describe it to you when we get further into the article. Mm-hmm. Um, biogas is a renewable energy or gas source made from organic matter. When the pair flushes a specialized toilet inside of their 500 square foot abode in rural Georgia, where they've lived for 12 years, 500
2: square feet, man, that's not very big.
0: Well, it doesn't that's, sound very big. That's yeah. their that's their cottage, but their property's bigger. Than How okay, big is okay.
1: 500 square feet?
0: Um, I mean, that's like 20 by 25, right? Yeah, probably half the size of your apartment, Riley. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, When the pair flushes, uh, the scat automatically flows into this biogas device, transforming the dirty piles into clean energy. And Kahuna, because you brought it up, no, our burgers don't taste like poo, (laughs) insisted John in a separate clip. Sure, they don't. And no, our kitchen doesn't smell like a sewer either.
1: (laughs) That's good to know. I'm glad I don't have to worry about smelling sewer if I go dine with them. Yeah. Instead, he claims that the poop-sucking gadget
0: masks the stench of their number twos. Uh, So before I get into the rest of this article, uh, the thing that I've mentioned before is uh, people using their compost pile uh, in their garden. You just put a a copper coil at the bottom of your compost pile. uh, You know, make a coil or I don't know, however many times you feel comfortable with, and then you, you cover it with the compost. Compost naturally produces heat. So if you have a tube... On either end of this copper coil, uh, and uh, you can get like a little uh, aquarium pump with like a solar panel, and it'll just move water. It can move water through a radiant flooring system. Okay, and so now you've got free heat in your home. You're heating the floors yeah. with the water heated by the compost in the copper tube, and you just have a little uh, little pump, little solar yeah. pump with a battery that you got to change once mm. every I don't know five ten years, yeah. uh, and you basically can heat. An entire floor, or possibly even an entire house, uh, with your compost, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Right. So, this, like, I think right. this kind of idea is where this guy's coming from. Riley, you're
1: doing a thing here in New Hampshire. That's right. I am doing a thing on Saturday, April 20th this year. We are going to the State House to smoke weed. <laughs> That that date is 4.20 for yes, those of you that who, who might already it,
0: be intoxicated.
1: And, and, what, and what time
0: is it? What 4.20. Time is it, uh, 4.20. Uh, uh, so it's going to be on 4.20? At 4.20. At 4.20? On 4.20, yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> that
0: that should be easy to we're remember.
1: Gonna, we're going to smoke <laughs> weed and have a good time. So there are a lot of different approaches to cannabis. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are just, hey, let's just smoke weed and have a good time. Mm-hmm. My approach is a spiritual approach, but you know what? Hell. Hell. We're going to smoke weed and have a good time. That's a spiritual thing. If, if, if anyone wants a spiritual time, that's a spiritual time. So, so what? What exactly
0: is the the like the point of the protest? Like, I enjoy marijuana as much as the the next guy, uh, and so I don't mind you know going hanging out with some friends. But sure. What,
1: why are we going to the Capitol? What's the point? The point, in my mind, to go to the Capitol is to show these government people that we are going to continue exercising our rights to. Smoke a plant or use the plant how we see fit, and that to me is the most important thing to do because these politicians are like, oh, well, we got to walk back some legislation on marijuana decrim. We got to say no, no, you're not doing that to us. We're coming. We're going to come here and smoke our weed, and you're not going to do anything to us.
0: It would be great if we could uh, find some of these uh, politicians to smoke with us.
1: <laughs> I agree. Absolutely great. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, uh, know. uh, Concord, New Hampshire. Yep. Concord, New Hampshire at the state house four twenty. I mean, y- there's a fair amount of politicians
2: in the house, right? In New Hampshire that are Liberty minded. Yes, there are. So you would think that some of them might come out and partake.
1: That's my
0: hope. Yeah. We shall see or, <laughs> or taste or, smoke, <laughs> or whatever.
1: If I can see through the haze, perhaps yeah. I will be able to identify one. <laughs>
0: uh anything else you want to say about
1: that Ryan? uh let's see the only thing i want to say is that you know if if you don't smoke weed that's okay come anyway come to support come to have a chat hang out with friends and or if you're want to be a sober sitter for any first-timers who are having weed so be it i mean it seems given
2: given the trend in the country you know over the past i don't know 10-15 years uh certain states now it's completely legal, right? Like Massachusetts, I know we're not necessarily fans of Massachusetts, but that's one good aspect. Yeah. Whereas in New Hampshire, it's just decriminalized. It it depends
0: on your definition of completely legal. Okay. So in every state in the United States where it is quote unquote legal, where they have Mm -hmm. recreational stores, right? You don't have to get a, see a doctor and get a prescription, right? Where where they have recreational stores. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, It is a fully state-governed business. Yes. So much like state-run liquor stores, which we also have here in New Mm -hmm. Hampshire, um, you cannot be a private entity and run your store the way you see fit. You have to conform to all sorts of rules and regulations, uh, and also you have to give up. I don't know what it is everywhere. I know that when they they implemented this in Washington State, Mm -hmm. it was 30% tax at every level. Yep. So 30% at the growing level, 30% at the distributor
1: level, and 30% at the retail level. Yep. That's a lot of taxes on just a plant, you know, just the plant that I can grow in my yard. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and also you're paying all of this money to an entity that did nothing to help you establish your business. No. They did nothing. They put no money into it. They put no labor into it. They put no effort into marketing, distributing, growing, none of that, right? But they claim they'd get 30%. For for nothing.
1: Well, I think the high taxes are meant to to disincentivize poor people from doing drugs, but it doesn't work. It always backsfire. No, that's the
0: excuse they give, but it's really just a money grab because uh, right. whenever states or governments raise taxes, people find ways around it, yep. and so they never meet to their projected revenues. And if they do, it doesn't last very long because people are like, "Oh, okay, well, loophole this and like, you know, lawyer that and you know, this kind of a thing." And so they they always fall short of their projected Same thing happens with uh, the state-run like lotteries and that kind of thing, right? Uh, they're taking they're taking money. And they're like, oh yeah, this money is going to go to the school. It never does, you know. And if it does, uh, a whole bunch of it is taken off the top that goes to the politicians and their friends first. Yeah, before it actually pensions. makes it. Yeah. Before it actually makes it to the school. So, in my mind legalization of marijuana has not happened in the United States. Uh, You know, and yes, I'm being nitpicky here. I understand. Because if legalization were to occur, then they would just abolish all of the laws regarding marijuana and allow people to grow it, smoke it, use it, sell it, however the hell they wanted to. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is not the case. You can only do those things within the very narrow defines that government says you can. Yep. So yeah. I like in one sense since New Hampshire has decriminalized marijuana, yep. which means it's their lowest priority. They're not gonna pull you over, they're not gonna ticket you, unless, you know, you're kind of an a-hole to them. Maybe they'll ticket you, but they're they're not gonna prosecute this stuff. You could you could safely walk down the street smoking a J and yep. cops aren't gonna do anything. Mm-hmm. Um in some sense, that is more legalization than what, like, Massachusetts did, than what Washington State and Colorado did. Mm. The true cheapskate looks for the opportunity to cut costs every chance and every place they can, Locke said during a guest appearance on TLC's Extreme Cheapskates. There's a show called Extreme Cheapskates. Oh my gosh. Wow. You can't quite get this compost from a hardware store. I make it from my poop, he says. Kelly Wheeler, a penny pincher from the U.K., uses bowel movements from miniature horses to heat the stove at her job. I love to reuse and recycle. We stay warm in the office for free, and we can boil the kettle and cook on top. It's amazing, she said. And while John agrees that the stool food is cool, the thought of chowing down on recycled dung has left a bad taste to the detractor's mouth. <laughs> It's the aftertaste I'm concerned with, especially after a long night at Taco Bell. Teased a doomsayer. You're oh, wow. here. <laughs> yeah. Is this health department approved? Questioned a sickened cyber critic. Of course. <laughs> Yes. Let's let's appeal to authority. We've exactly, yeah. got to of, have the authority. Instead, in instead of going and finding out what this equipment is and how it works and maybe even seeing it in person, you know, let's just let's just go right to the appeal to authority. <laughs> is this health department approved? Yeah, well, people owe their authority for some reason. Anyway, John seems to be unbothered by the mudslinging. When the S hits the fan, he said, <laughs> we can be self-reliant.
1: <laughs> yes, you can. Yes,
0: yes, you can. Uh, and thus concludes
2: the number two story. Go ahead. I mean, it's, hey, it, it does sound relatively cost-effective or cost-efficient, and that's awesome. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, I, I can't wrap my r- mind around it, and uh, I think I'll pass.
0: I mean, I know of, um, it, it, we'll call them cowboy tricks. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. things that, you know, uh, the old, uh, the old cowboys or the, uh, the wild west people yeah. right they they would collect their horses dung and mm. toss it in the fire okay uh you know after it dried for some period Course. of time and, yeah. wagon, yeah. Trains, yeah. Yeah. and yeah.
1: wagon trains crossing the united states used buffalo chips for fire right for yep. Yep. right they retain yep.
0: heat tremendously you can yep. throw them in a leather satchel and you know put them under your blanket and keep you warm overnight on the cold nights and all that kind of stuff yeah um so like it's not like this is unprecedented, mm-hmm. right? Human beings have used all sorts of things sure. to their benefit over the course of time, and uh, you know it's kind of like uh, oh, the the old Native Indians with the the buffalo use every part. Yep. Right. Use every if you're gonna take a life, use every part of it to your advantage. Make something with it. Give it away. Right. Turn it into something. Right. Like give yeah. give the life you took life after it's death yes I, yeah. instead of just throwing it all away
2: right yeah. i mean i, I and I, yeah and i am all for that i mean i think you got to commit to that lifestyle i think um my guess is i'll say for most people this is probably not going to be part of the regiment but no yeah
0: no i mean yeah. it's not part of mine already yeah but at the same time something like this i might look at uh as a I, prep
2: well prep yeah a prep absolutely i mean if absolutely. you just
0: bought one of these and stuck sure. it in your basement and you know, uh, I don't know. Left it hermetically sealed and never opened it, assuming it's in good. You probably want to use it once to make sure it works, and then clean it and restore oh, yeah. it. But like, yeah. but like, even if you didn't, right? And you had that when, yep. as they say, an S hits yeah. the F. Yeah, absolutely. S hits the fan. There we go. <laughs> uh, situation. You know, you might be you might be in a unique
1: position. Right yes. now, yeah. you
0: have something that not only can you
1: manufacture, but you can trade. Yeah, and yeah. and people want something valuable, especially when S hits the fan. They they <laughs> gotta have something valuable to trade, and you at least need trade, a towel to wipe yourself. Off yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we right. way too much fun. Oh, <sighs> yes,
0: well, we like to do that here on Sundays.
1: I agree. I think we gotta lighten the mood. You know. The world is a serious place at times, and sometimes you just need to laugh while Western civilization collapses.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have Gigi calling. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live.
3: You guys cracked me up. Oh, I'm so glad. Listening attentively. To your discussion about the fall of Western civilization, <laughs> and here I am, a former history professor. I love it. I love it.
4: Okay.
3: <laughs> and it's very interesting when you were discussing the importance and the significance culturally, historically, and in terms of utilizing materials properly, yep. how many other cultures are so focused upon the significance of you kill something, you use everything possible for whatever means. When I was in graduate school, I had various opportunities as a PhD candidate in anthropology mm-hmm. in Turkey, Egypt, and what used to be called Yugoslavia. And in the different cultural communities I was observing and participating with and in, I experienced donkey feces, horse feces Uh (laughs) for not only heating a fire outside to stay warm, but inside a house as well to cook food and bake bread. Very interesting for me growing up as the princess that I still am. (laughs) (laughs) And I admit it wholeheartedly. But it was an amazing opportunity for me as a woman from the West. Mm -hmm. Slipping on the radiator in my apartment to stay warm or the heat on the electric or... Cooking my food in the oven, electric or natural gas. Mm-hmm. And boy, did I learn things from what I experienced. And then, two weeks later, in Egypt, I was not hit by Montezuma's revenge, but Mm -hmm. Mohammed's revenge. I had amoebic dysentery, and my poor Jewish mother back in the United States was ready to launch a missile like Israel on Gaza. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) You got that right.
1: Oh, man. Don't anger the Jewish mother. If
3: I had it all over (laughs) to do again, what I experienced academically and personally in turkey in egypt in yugoslavia i would do it all over again it was the most exciting interesting talk about academic eye-opening experience nothing theoretical everything was right there for me to see learn and hands-on and i ate it and it kept me warm and i smelled the feces of the donkeys and the horses, but you know what? I'm here today.
0: Kept you alive, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: it sure as hell did.
0: Yeah, and, and and like I said, none of this is really you know groundbreaking, right? Human beings have been doing this kind of thing you know, for thousands of years. It's just that. Well,
3: don't people make compost?
0: Yeah, they do. There Shouldn't know how Fair to enough. do. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now
3: I have one last question, please. Sure. uh, I often call in on a Wednesday evening. There's a lovely woman named Bonnie who's one of the hosts. Is that Ian's wife? Yes. 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 I knew it!
0: I knew (laughs) it! She is
3: always so polite.
0: We were trying so hard to keep it a secret. (laughs) The cat is out (laughs) of the the bag.
3: I was wondering, is that the Bonnie... Refers to in his letters.
4: Yeah, she, absolutely.
1: I
3: like that woman. I like the way we'll let I feel her know. about Nikki.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's a firecracker. Yeah.
3: They are both wonderful. The women on
1: the show are definitely appreciative
0: firecrackers.
3: Appreciative and for sure. kind to me when I call. Yeah. I didn't realize that's the same Bonnie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now you know, now you can call in and tell her. Yep.
3: Hell yeah, I will. I got a mouse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you have a vocabulary
3: <laughs> i try to be polite like that pretzel commercial pretzels.com to every gentleman out there listening or to every lady with a gentleman do you like it hard or soft i love
0: that commercial gg <laughs> mm. thank you so much for the call we appreciate you have a good you.
3: evening and be well
1: all right bye now Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you.
0: Let's circle back to this uh, article from Fee, this follow-up article. Uh, The FBI's lawless raid on U.S. private vaults shows why the founders created the Fourth Amendment. The U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the Bureau violated the constitutional rights of safe deposit box holders whose property was seized without probable cause something the warrant explicitly prohibited. A squad of FBI and Drug Enforcement Administration agents in March of 2021 raided the Beverly Hills location of a company, U.S. Private Vaults, suspected of criminal activity. Yeah, okay. Well, dear FBI, raid yourself. Yeah, <laughs>
1: the, the, the FBI are the real criminals here.
0: Raid yourself. In fact, raid every government department. Because raid them
1: all. they've been
2: stealing from us they'll, for years. They'll find plenty of corruption, that's for Yeah, sure. do you think, and ra- and do you the-, think
1: the-, the FBI will be raided like this house was?
2: No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No.
1: They won't bring the Bearcats in and <laughs> yeah. steal money.
2: Rip, I mean, rip windows out. You know, they yeah. might
1: hold
0: like a simulation for their agents, like a training simulation. Yeah. They'll spend way more money than they need to building like a tiny house for them to like raid and throw their hand grenades yep. in or whatever, yeah. right, and waste all that money on that. Uh, instead of uh, doing the right thing and abolishing themselves. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, (laughs) Over several days, agents wearing masks photographed evidence, seized jewels, gold bullion, coins, and confiscated some contraband, mostly drugs, from 1,400 safe deposit boxes rented by an array of people, including a retired doctor, a saxophone player, a retired floor contractor and at least two attorneys. Okay, mind you, Beverly Hills. Mm. You know, there's money in them hills. Yep, as they say. Yep. And so uh, it stands to reason that a place like that would have a private uh, safety deposit box vaulting company uh, instead of you know trusting your wares to uh, a regular bank. The grand total seized by the FBI. <laughs> this is sick. Eighty-six million dollars in cold cash. Uh, Rolex wa- and Cartier watches, uh, some number of rare coins, and more silver and gold than even Yukon <laughs> Cornelius could imagine. Wow! Who's Yukon Cornelius? I have no but, idea.
2: Wasn't he the guy? Wasn't he in that cart? One of those Christmas cartoons. The guy, like the he he the is guy, you know, mine gold. Is but he, he was, like he the Scrooge guy? He was, he was dressed up like a lumberjack.
0: Is he okay? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so too. (laughs) Let's see if we can find him. Oh yeah, he's the guy in like the uh, the snow. No, Rudolph the red nose reindeer. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I said.
2: The red hat and beard. I I couldn't remember which uh, which one it was, but yeah, I mean if you, geez, who hasn't seen those? But uh, as a kid, but yeah, very distinctive. Well,
0: uh, so anyway, uh, the FBI uh, basically hauled it all. Uh, U.S. Private Vaults, which was headquartered in Nevada, pleaded guilty to charges of money laundering and conspiracy the following year. No one went to prison, and the company is no longer in business. But it turns out U.S. Private Vaults wasn't the only party that broke the law. Well, and pleading guilty to something doesn't necessarily mean you broke the law either. Mm -hmm. It just means that you were afraid of what they were going to do to you if you didn't plead guilty. Right. Uh, last month, the U.S. Ninth Circuit Courts of Appeals uh, ruled that the bureau violated the constitutional rights of safe deposit holders whose property was seized without probable cause—something the warrant explicitly prohibited. So, uh, for those of you not playing the home game, uh, the FBI got a warrant. The warrant said, "Hey, we're only going after the stuff of this select list of people or entities."
2: How long ago was that again? I—I I mean, twenty, 20 like it, twenty-one. Yeah. So, so it took three years from them to figure out that...
0: That that's that's not right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, know, we, we need to look into this.
0: Yeah, three years later, <laughs> you, you haven't had your money or your gold or your watches or your silver. Mm-hmm. And all this time, uh, you know, you didn't really miss it, right? Times has yeah, gone. Yeah, I mean, on. hey, we We, we, kept, we, we can't
1: we, give it back to you now. It's ours. Ha
0: <laughs> So the, the warrant said, you know, we're only going to seize things from these specific entities. And instead, they seized things from, well, everybody. To understand just how far the FBI overstepped its authority, it's worth examining the case of Don Millian, a retired civil servant from California. Melian was one of hundreds of people who had a safe deposit box at U.S. private vaults where he kept hundreds of thousands of dollars of coins for safekeeping. When the FBI raided U.S. private vaults, it didn't just search Millian's safe deposit box. It seized his coins, something the FBI had explicitly said it would not do when it requested a warrant to raid
2: U.S. private vaults. Hey, because when the FBI speaks, they always say the truth. They never lie. <laughs> I detect a hint of yeah. sarcasm. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely detecting sarcasm. Bee-boo, bee-boo. <laughs> sarcasm detector. Sarcasm detector.
0: Numerous other plaintiffs, such as Malign, had their property taken simply because they were unlucky enough to have entrusted it to a company that may have been involved in some degree of criminal activity. We have Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live.
5: Yes, I, I want to ask your advice. Um, do you, can you recommend some good companies to buy stocks? That what do you recommend? That well, I
1: some we're not gonna we're not gonna do financial advice. Well, I'm not a professional financial
0: <laughs> advisor, so um, take all of this with a grain of salt. Uh, the best advice I ever received for investing is invest in what you know, right? And the the examples that were given to me from somebody else were, what do you use every day? Uh, and I'm like, and I'm like, toilet paper, right? Because that's something I, I use every day. And True. and so they're like, look, toilet paper has a consistent return. It's not a high return. It's not gonna it's not gonna make you rich in the short term, but. If you want to put your some your money somewhere where you get a consistent return, put it into goods that humans use on a daily basis.
5: You know, and then I, I really believe in buying stock that that you believe in. So I um, Richard bought stocks with um, salts and also vitamin Vitamin Cottage and Nature's Grocers. So we bought put stocks with those. Okay. Well, and then we love uh, I mean I love organic milk organic eggs organic meat um organic chicken and organic vegetables
0: the the stocks yeah, that you I'm bought like, then Sarah are they of things that you guys use frequently
5: right that's what I'm talk about yeah that natural truth they um, vitamin cotton they promote they sponsor all of these organic um hormone free things so I support that but so. I'm also kind of interested in maybe I don't know too much about like electric bicycles, like uh, solar panel people, or I was more environmental companies that, but I don't know too much about them. You know, I don't know what's out there. I, I want, I want, yeah,
2: to- I I think as captain said, I mean, we're not financial advisors. So my advice would be, um, you know, work with a trusted financial advisor and they can help educate you on those types of things and companies, because yeah, those are all, uh, very noble and valid causes, but the companies that are providing them may or may not be doing so profitably, they may or may not be a good investment. Um, so you really have to look at those things closely with an advisor.
5: Yeah. So that's, that's what I was going to do is that, and then I was going to, I, I, I asked out Whole Foods. were not they got bought up by the Amazon? told oh, so the Amazon bought the whole thing out. They did. That's why the prices were um, really high.
0: Oh, they were high that before was, Amazon bought them out. Like let's yeah. let, let's be whole clear. Whole paycheck. Yeah, that, they they earned the nickname for them. They earned the nickname Whole <laughs> Paycheck because their prices were astronomical.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, the, it was always that way. People still paid it, and yep. then and then the owner sold out. They let the whole well, company go, or turn it over well, to Elon Musk or
2: something. Well, you know they I mean, let's face it; they're capitalists. They're running companies, and they uh, they have an exit plan at some point. So I don't I don't know if that was part of that strategy, but I, I can't necessarily fault it.
5: Yeah, I mean i i I don't I don't blame them, you know, but. Uh, yeah, so you're right you're right you know i i want to support some electric bike um, but electric bicycle solar power wind power i i don't want to buy like Procter and gamble um stocks I mean uh I mean what about apple of, huh
1: what about apple
5: apple i mean how are they doing are they uh, are, are they uh, like a proper I, I don't care about the the profitable—I mean, how do you say—making money part of it. It's like if well, they provide an honest service? That's my more of my important thing. Okay. I mean, their services—are they benefiting and helping people? You know. I mean, some people to-
1: say they are, but you know, they're a computer company, so you know, take that with a grain of salt.
0: And keep in mind, too, Sarah, that um, uh, because you're talking about corporations, right, uh, investing mm-hmm. uh, into stocks. What you're doing is you're buying a piece mm-hmm. of a corporation. Corporations yep. are required by law to be motivated by profit, right? Unless, of course, right. you're, you're into a nonprofit organization, but those generally don't offer stocks. There mm-hmm. are some that might. So you might find a, uh, a, a private sector nonprofit that you can invest in. Uh, that might be more up your alley. I can't think of one off the top of my head. But there might be something that exists like that. But keep in mind that if you invest into stocks of any corporation, that they necessarily must make profit for their investors, that they're required by law to make profit for their investors. So,
5: You know, the, these for-profit um, companies, even though I, 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 I'm opposed to petroleum oil, the Murphy's Oil Company, the gas station, hmm. but I went in there, they had a cup of coffee for a small small cup of thirty nine still. And it was a robot mm. coffee maker that lined up the coffee, you know, as soon as they brew it. Yep. But I mean, they do provide some kind of uh, of service. That's the whole point of this. For even the poor, I mean, for-profit corporation, they provide some sort of um, yes. service for the community, and well, that's it, why they get all these write-offs. I don't think there are all these horrible things as people.
2: Make it out to be far as I'm concerned. And that's how I mean my understanding of the business model for those convenience stores. I mean, they're different names all over the country where they have the gas station, then the convenience store. I mean you got Wawa down south, that's a huge one.
1: Maverick out west.
2: Yeah. Um, they're actually uh, most of their money, most of their profit margin doesn't come from the gas. The article continues. When you read how a US attorney asked a glassmaker's lawyer
0: how much his client was willing to pay the feds to give him his money back, you realize the Ninth Circuit was not engaging in hyperbole. Let let me just rephrase that for you all. (laughs) Uh, A U.S. attorney asked a glassmaker's lawyer, whose stuff was taken by the FBI in this raid, how much he was willing to pay the feds to give him his money back.
2: What's it worth to you, huh?
1: Right. It's stupid. It's Uh, really (laughs) sad that these. These thugs get to decide, Oh, how much is this worth to you to get back? You know what this <laughs> is?
0: This is uh this is schoolyard bullying. It, it is. is.
1: It's exactly yes. schoolyard bullying. Yeah. And people need to understand Bully took this your lunch is money schoolyard mm-hmm. bullying. Like, oh how what's it worth to you to get it back? Huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what this yeah. is. You remember when there was this whole like like the government itself like put forth these like public
2: service campaigns about like anti bullying? Mm-hmm. Is your yeah. kid
0: getting bullied in school? Is oh, it of these things what, happening? What do
2: they call that uh when you when you you know sort of accuse somebody or say something that you're really the one doing? Projection? Yeah, it's projection. Oh, That's government projection. It sure is. Uh the FBI's raid is not dissimilar
0: to the writs of assistance that permitted redcoats to break open doors, chests, trunks, and other packages to find contraband or stolen items, a practice despised by the colonials. It is a power that places the liberty of every man in the hands of every petty officer. And petty they are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The 18th century statesman James Otis said in a famous speech against the Ritz, which led the eventual adoption of the Fourth Amendment, The question now is, who will be held accountable for the FBI's lawless, shameless raid?
1: But Don- but Donald Trump's going to save America. He's going to per- put us back on the right course.
0: We have the same question here at Free Talk Live regarding the Crypto 6. The question now is, who will be held accountable right. yeah. for the FBI's
2: lawless, who's, shameless who's raid? Who's going
1: to be held accountable for Bonnie's dog being terrorized by thugs?
2: I think, unfortunately, no, we know what the answer is likely
1: to be. Uh, no one, no one exactly—not yep. our host, nobody, but nobody. That's right. No one. Yeah, no one. It is uh, so. Uh, the
0: the government itself put out anti-bullying propaganda, and <laughs> it didn't occur to them, or maybe it did, that all of these things apply to them as an organization. Exactly. Like, everything that they put out about, you know, oh, does this happen to you in the schoolyard? Well, well, no, but it happens to me in my tax form. Yep. You know, does this happen to you, you know, uh, when you're, you know, at the playground? Uh, Well, no, but it happens to me when I'm out on the
2: streets. I think uh, from, you know, from their perspective, it's called lack of self-awareness, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, self-awareness is... Self-awareness is not something in their vocabulary. It doesn't seem to be.
1: I mean, it may be in their vocabulary, but they don't know how to use self-awareness to determine what are, are my actions really in line with my ethics. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Milgram experiments, but this is where the oh yeah the the, the authority figure says you got to keep pushing that button and zapping the, the other participant. Mm-hmm. The experiment requires you to continue, yes, yes. until the person may die, potentially, yep. and they and continue and they, keep, and they, they keep they keep do. doing it. Because and people love, people. whether people realize it or not, they think an authority figure is going to save them. I come from a, a church that, you know, had a man in his head called a prophet, and you had to follow the prophet. I grew up singing songs as a kid called, follow the prophet, follow, he knows the way. <laughs> and it's just propaganda. These authority figures don't know anything. Stop following them.
2: We, I mean, I'll bring it up again. We talked about it last week, but I mean, the COVID era was... Some of the most egregious examples of that 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 were things were applied to the masses, you know, lockdowns. Yeah, and that's a and, prison and, term. Well, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, the the world basically
0: uh, nearly but, experienced simultaneous martial law. Yeah, and, the only and,
2: the only missing ingredient there was tanks in the streets. But people, you know, to the Milgram, I mean. It was like that. I mean, people as it went on, people like embraced it more and more and more. You know, not everybody. Clearly, we didn't, yeah. but it they became obsessed with it. And you, you know, you have you have to listen to the science, and you have to listen to Governor so and so. Oh man,
0: you're not going to believe where this is out of a Methodist Connecticut pastor. Oh wow, well, has been accused of dealing crystal meth out of his church's parsonage. Police set. Herbert Miller, age 63, mm. the reverend of Woodbury United Methodist Church, was arrested Friday after cops were tipped off about the clergyman's alleged side gig, reminiscent of the plot
1: of Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't listened to or watched that show yet.
0: Oh, it's good. Okay. It's good. Um, right. If you haven't watched it yet, you might save it for like, you know, I don't know, like I, there's a couple of shows... That I've never watched. Uh, and I'm saving it for, like, you know, when I have a bunch of downtime or, like, you know, as I get older, you know, maybe I'll have a, a thing. I need to have a surgery or something. I might be laid up for a couple of days where I can, like, binge it. Yeah. You know? So I got a couple of those, like, uh, uh, what's the, it's the Dragons and Knights and whatever that everybody watched and wow. Game of Thrones. Never seen an episode. Never, <laughs> never, never read the book. Never uh-huh. saw an episode, despite. Like, everybody I know watching the damn thing. Same yeah. with me, man. Yep. Not, not yep. one. So that's one of those that I'm like, I'll get around to watching that, like, when I got an abundance of time to do so. Because that's like, I don't even know how many seasons that thing was, but it's way too long to, like, get into yeah. now. Yeah. At any rate, the article continues. The Walter White lookalike pastor was busted at the site of a purported drug deal set up by a cooperating witness who had alerted the police. Huh. Uh, You're going to rat on the pastor? Yeah. Yeah. The local news outlet, uh, Republican American of Waterbury, reported Miller was pulled over by state troopers in Woodbury and found to be in possession of crystal methamphetamine in both rock form and in liquid form in a hypodermic needle ready for injection. Hardcore, man. According to a press
1: release. That is hardcore. (laughs) Driving around with the stuff in your vehicle. That's a little crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was according to a press release from the Connecticut, as you might say, Connecticut State Police. Miller was allegedly slinging math in exchange for watching gay couples engage in sexual activity, reported wow. the local news outlet, citing police. Uh, yeah. Uh, people who have mm, extracurricular desires that go against you know, something inside them, their religion in this particular case, uh, are sometimes attracted to positions of power.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Uh, those can be government, or they can be churches, uh-huh. uh, among other things. It can be other things too. Uh, I can't think of any. Other, like I'm thinking Parks Department or you know military. Well, that's government too, I guess. Government's a pretty pretty broad brush. Uh, the Post could not independently confirm that allegation and reached out to the state troopers seeking further comment. Oh, so they're they're going to say it? They're going to publish it <laughs> even though they
2: couldn't confirm it. We can neither confirm nor deny what happened. Uh, You know, if you put a hat on
0: him, he does kind of look like Walter White. Yeah. They got a picture of him here. He's bald head, you know, sort of tiny mustache, just a little bit of tiny soul patch, a little bit of a goatee. You know, he's got a gruff-looking demeanor.
2: Uh, (laughs) I mean... He actually looks like a pretty cool dude. I mean, for... I mean good-looking guy i mean so
0: oh and they got another picture of him with the glasses makes him look even more like walter white yeah i didn't see that one before there was no word on how long the 63 year old cleric had been allegedly moonlighting as cleric. a meth dealer
2: cleric he's <laughs> gonna pull out like a sorcery <laughs> right uh, yeah book <laughs> please <laughs> hand me my hand me my
0: cape and my <laughs> staff <laughs> The pastor was charged with possession of narcotics with intent to sell, possession of a controlled substance, use of drug paraphernalia, among other charges. Miller was released on $10,000 bail and was ordered to appear in Waterbury Superior Court on Feb 23, so a couple of days from now, three, four days. Yep. He was hired by Woodbury United Methodist Church (laughs) in July. By Monday, his name had been removed from the church's website. Surprise, surprise. Miller previously (laughs) served as pastor of the First United Methodist Church (laughs) in Shelton, I believe, also in Connecticut. Like, this makes me wonder how many, like, clergy types are engaging in, you know, we'll call it black market activity. I have really nothing against this guy selling drugs. I don't either. I don't really care. As long as his clients were willing, right, and, you know, he wasn't harming anyone in the process. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. People have the right to self-harm, in my opinion, right? So if you want to harm yourself by taking something like meth, okay, as long as you're not harming anyone except yourself in the process. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com.